Oh, Smash, Mr. J.B. Brooks Brooks. How's it going, Alex? Doing all right, man. I, um, I didn't have too busy of a night last night um, out in the town in Buckhead. It was Saturday night, so it's Sunday morning. So I went to go see. Have you heard of the Black Klansman movie? Or I forgot what it's called, but that's it's called something like that, Black Klansman. No. You haven't? I haven't. Uh, it's, it wasn't too bad like it was pretty good um it's about this this guy um Dave Chappelle. This black... <laughs> no, it should be um but this guy that uh just this black guy was like the first black cop in colorado it was like in colorado and he he posed as a um KKK yeah you know I, I have seen the previews for that it wasn't too bad. it's got really good reviews i i fell asleep during like half of it so i can't really speak too much of it but it was pretty good for what i saw yeah it looked pretty good um, yeah, but no, I haven't, uh, I haven't seen it, but I'm glad you liked it. So maybe I'll have to check it out. Yeah. Make sure you just go a little bit early. It's, it's a long move. It's like two, two, almost two and a half hours. So why would I go early if it's two and a half hours? So you don't fall asleep like I did. I feel like the longer I was there, the more likely I would be to fall asleep. Yeah. And then plus, uh, I was at the nice theater. I don't know how your theaters are in Mississippi yet, but, uh, or wherever you go to see movies. Yeah, but me either. <laughs> These um these had recliner reclining seats, so it was pretty nice, and it was kind of hard not to fall asleep. Do they serve beer there? They do, they do. Yeah, it's, I was about uh, to say, there's. I think most movie theaters are going that direction now. Yeah, but also the ticket was like almost. It was like sixteen dollars for one movie ticket. That's so freaking much. Yeah. I was about to say, I know that really gets under your skin. I know. Yeah, you really uh, pay six, attention to stuff like that. Yeah, you can go to some sporting events cheaper than sixteen dollars. And JB, you do the like you do the monthly pass, right? Where it's like twenty dollars a month or something like that. No, no, the movie pass is nine ninety five a month for unlimited movies. That's so crazy. That doesn't. It, that doesn't... it would also include your theater too. Really? Yeah. What, did you go to an AMC theater or a Phipps? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're they're with movie pass. So if you had a movie pass, you'd be able to. You wouldn't have to pay sixteen dollars. You'd just spend nine ninety five. So if you just got at least one movie a month, it's justified. Yeah, yeah, I think I will. Um, but we're not going to go to too many movies now that football season is upon us here. Uh, football actually kicked off yesterday um, with some shitty games, but it still kicked off. I think the best game was was at Hawaii and Colorado State. And Colorado yeah. State yeah, Hawaii Hawaii. got out to a, like a huge lead, and then Colorado State acted like they were going to come back like in the fourth quarter, but Hawaii held them off. Let's just uh, go ahead and disclaim that like last night was supposed to be the kickoff <laughs> Ball, but that really, really doesn't no. count. I don't really, no. I don't know how y'all feel on this, but I don't, I don't really like the the pre week. Yeah, uh, I don't either. Because it's not good games. It's just kind of a tease. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, they call it like week zero or something. If there was like one, like just at least power five matchup, then to me it would be justified. But like the fact that it's just like there's, I don't know, like they're not even good like group of five games. You know what I mean? They're they're just like. I don't know. I, I just don't really understand the point, and it's just kind of, you know, it's kind of like spring training or, like, uh, NFL preseason. I just don't yeah. really – it's hard for me to get into it because, like, I don't know. There's just nothing really going on. Yeah. I'm, it's uh, really I'm, just a big tease. And usually, yeah. like, like the first Thursday, there'll be, like, at least one, like, pretty good game. But this year it's um, – I can't even remember who it is. There is one power Northwestern five Northwestern Purdue. Northwestern Purdue. Yeah. yeah. Like, Cool. I mean, it's not I, a bad match. It's not. It's not bad. I mean, both of those teams, I think, are, you know, I mean, Brom is in his second year, and Northwestern is always a little bit underrated. So maybe the winner of that game can can do something this year. 
there's some good teams playing. It's just not good teams playing each other. Like UCF's playing, which they are the national champion from last year, if you remember correctly. And then, uh, but they're playing in Connecticut, so it's not going to be a great game. And then uh, Texas A&M's playing. Um, I forgot who they're playing. They're playing some shitty school. That's yeah, they're playing Northwestern State or somebody. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's and another fact. That's what we're counting down to on our uh, Twitter and Instagram is count down the days. Really, it's a SEC kickoff, but that's to uh, Texas A&M game, um, which is this Thursday coming up Thursday. Um, so, uh, JB, did you do anything exciting last night? Don't you lie to me. I did. I went to uh, a music venue and I uh, heard the Mustache Band, and uh, they're just one of those little, you know, traveling bands. Uh, just they played mainly a uh, 1990s country music, and it was, it was cool. You know, I, I like some live music. Where was it? At the Bluff. Okay. At the yeah. Bluff Music Venue in Memphis. Is the Bluff getting? Is it? too young or is it like a little bit older crowd now it's kind of it, it was more of a mixed crowd last night it was you know a mixture of some college age uh, some young professionals and then a few like people in their 30s and 40s uh but next week the bluff has uh david lee murphy chase rice oh. and a few other country music stars coming in like during the week is the cover has to be like 20 or 30 dollars for that uh tickets are like 15 i think that's not that's bad. really not bad it's not bad to see some guys like that. I would do it. Um, but nevertheless, we're not here to talk about country music, bluff, and Memphis. We're, we're here to talk about Missouri football. And <laughs> let me do some reminiscing. I remember once once upon a time, me and JB were downtown Memphis. And it was the day before, I think Missouri was playing Liberty Bowl. Or they were in Memphis. No, they were playing Ole Miss the next okay, day. Well, a lot of Mizzou fans were in downtown Memphis. So Missouri was playing Ole Miss, which a lot of people do that though. If they if they go to if it's a, a team traveling to Ole Miss, a lot of people stay in Memphis because it's like an hour from Memphis to Ole Miss, maybe a little bit over an hour. I think like seventy seventy five minutes, something like that. But I remember, and I guess JB remembers the story pretty well. Um, we were walking walking downtown, and he saw some Missouri fans. Of course, JB likes to connect with everybody, no matter what, pretty much for football. And I remember he yelled out M I Z, right? Yeah, yeah, I was walking by a group of Mizzou fans, uh, and I yelled out, M-I-Z, and then they replied back, Z-O-U. And it it threw me off guard, because I'm just surprised you knew that. Like, I understand, like, there's some chants that are um, pretty well-known, like Hottie Toddy's obviously one of them. Even the the Pig Suey's pretty well-known, but um, I didn't really know the Missouri chant like that, and I'm surprised that you did, but it's kind of funny, because... I just wasn't expecting it, and then I don't know if they were expecting it, but I guess they were because they yelled back at you. So, um, I, what what year was that, JB? It was twenty thirteen. Uh, it was Missouri's second season. They were playing at Ole Miss, and they were really? in the midst of a uh, really good season. They were top ten at that point. Yeah, they went. They did. Right? They finished eleven one. Went to the SEC championship. Went toe to toe with Auburn. Winner of that game was going to go to the national championship to play Florida State. Help! Help! Remind me. Because they went to the SEC championship, played Auburn and Alabama, and lost to both. I thought I thought this was the year they lost to Alabama. That was fourteen. Mm-hmm. The next year that was fourteen. No, this is the thirteen season. Okay, cool, cool, cool. So Missouri, um, let's talk about Missouri football. So Missouri comes to the SEC. Was it two thousand twelve? Is that right? Twenty twelve was their first year. Yeah, yeah, and um, came kind of took the SEC by surprise and were really good. 
first couple of years. And then um, ever since past like three years, they've been kind of struggling. They um, had Gary Pinkle that uh, resigned due to some health issues. Um, I actually don't even know how he's doing right now. I guess, I mean, he's still surviving. I don't know if he's, I think he still has cancer. I don't know if he's cancer free completely yet. Do y'all know? How, what is uh, I really, I really don't honestly. But they ended up stealing Memphis's own defensive coordinator, Barry Odom, which um, played at Missouri. So it's a logical move for him. But um, Gary Pink, or not Gary Pink, um, Barry Odom uh, has been kind of struggling at Missouri. But last year, um, towards the second half of the year, got kind of got on a win streak and started doing well. So they played Texas in the bowl game. But um, year, year. This year with Missouri, I think you're trying to take that next get to eight or nine wins maybe, and they they have a lot of a lot of good players on the team this year. Um, obviously, the one that everybody's most excited about is uh, Drew Locke, who um, Holt has a firm grip on his penis um, for Heisman. Um, and I just whenever I think Missouri, I think of offense with Drew Locke. But Barry Odom is a defensive guy, so I was Holt to comment on just first thoughts of Missouri football for this year. Um, yeah, I mean, just overall, um, you know, obviously everyone wants to talk about Drew Locke and um, their group of receivers. But, uh, you know, to me, the question about this team is going to be with their defense. Um, obviously, they played a lot better in the second half of the year last year. Um, weren't a lot of good offenses that they were facing. But, uh, you know, I don't think they have to be great for Missouri to have a big year this year. But I think their defense has to at least be, you know, competent, at least be like, average defense um, to really let uh, Drew Locke and that high-flying offense uh, take the reins and lead him to some victories. Jamie, we um, we talked about we talked about this before the podcast started. Uh, I thought their defense was better than what you thought. And you, you, I guess you were thinking about the first half of the year and the second half of the year that kind of settled in and got, got a little bit better on defense. Are you concerned with their defense again this year? Or do you think, like, they started – trending in the right way last year, and they continue that trend this year and compete with the SEC East? Not as much. I think uh, when we watched that last season's team, uh, they drastically improved as as the uh, season went went on. And they also have a pretty good defensive line, too. I mean, they have been uh, D-line U for a while, for like at least past decade or so. And they will still have a pretty good defensive line led by Terry Beckner, who's one of the best uh, defensive linemen not just in the conference, but in the country. And I, I think they're going to be much better, especially, you know, along the trenches where, as I always say, that's where you win games. And, they, of course, they're going to be backed up by a really good offense. So they definitely have a chance to make some noise. Debbie, I'll, I'll stay with you for a second here. Um, we, we talk about their offense and Drew Locke, but we also need really to mention their new offensive coordinator, Derek motherfucking Dooley. And help, help remind us, Jebby, where, where did he come from again? Uh, Derek Dooley was a three-year head coach for Louisiana Tech, and he was also the athletic director. So he served as head coach and athletic director for three years there. Like, sounds had like, a losing like, sounds like yeah, he had a conflict of interest. I don't know if you could say that, but he had a uh, losing record of 17-20. and 20, And then uh, Tennessee hired him thinking, oh, my gosh, seven, this guy must be really good. Even though he went 17-20 and 20 at Louisiana Tech, they were showing some improvement. So uh, he ended up getting hired at Tennessee, getting the keys to that program. And uh, he ran the program into the ground in those three years there. 
Would you rather have Derek Dooley or Butch Jones? Butch Jones. At least Butch Jones could recruit. Derek Dooley uh, alienated a lot of people in the state of Tennessee, especially a lot of high school coaches. His recruiting and his 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 method of of approachment, or at least of being approached by uh, you know alums and high school coaches, didn't really suit well with a lot of uh, outsiders that were not from Tennessee, and that was one of the reasons he failed too. Not just because he was just a micromanager, but his personality behind closed doors wasn't what it appeared to the media. Oh, how well do you remember Derek Dooley at Tennessee? Specifically, not his teams, but like more of his personality and like how he addressed the media. Um, I remember he always wore those orange pants, and I remember that he had some kind of injury, like lower leg injury, and he like couldn't uh, coach from the sidelines for <laughs> for a little while. Yeah, he was. Remember at the uh, Tennessee Mississippi State game in 2012, he was wheeled out in a wheelchair to the sideline. And he had a bar stool that he sat on he, with his crutches. He was just coaching from a bar stool that second half of the season. It was kind of uh, it was comical, but it's also just kind of sad to watch, too. At Shout least, out to uh, Jonathan Banks with the uh, big strip in that game to seal the victory <laughs> for the Bulldogs. Uh, wait, I was at the game. I was at the game, right? They were talking about the Mississippi yeah, State. Yeah, it was me, you, and uh, a person sure. to sure remain nameless. Sure, sure. Um, no, I was Carter. Remember, I was Carter. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, Alex had to use <laughs> Alex had to use my roommate's ID uh, to get in student ID to get into the stadium that day. Good times, Which good I times. Do. Great, uh, great security system there at Davis Wade Stadium. I gotta say. Yeah, I do. But uh, one thing about about Derek Dooley um, that I was curious to get JB's opinion on. I know that he wasn't like the offensive coordinator; he was the head coach. But there, you gotta see like some similarities between his offense at Tennessee and this Missouri offense. Um, yeah. You know, Tyler Bray may be a little bit rougher around the edges than Drew Locke. I think Drew Locke's a little bit more polished as a quarterback. Um, but two very similar quarterbacks. And t- obviously Tennessee had some big-time receivers on that team, James Hunter, Cordero Patterson, um, you know, Missouri. Justin uh, with, Hunter. Um, what did I say? Yeah, they had they had Justin Hunter, Cordero Patterson, and uh, that tight end Michael Rivera who ended up getting drafted. Yeah. Who uh, they had Jamie? Who was the then, guy who got kicked, kicked off the team that went to like Tennessee Tech or, or something like that? Derek Rogers. Yeah, he was. So they, they had they had four NFL draft picks. Uh, you know, three three receivers and a tight end. They had a they probably had the best trio of receivers in the conference and going into that year. That wasn't who was the running back that time because it wasn't Aaron Foster. That was after Aaron Foster. But it wasn't, didn't they have a good running back, too? Yeah, the running back was just uh, Marlon Lane at the point. Okay, never mind. Never mind. Rajon Neal and Marlon Lane. Yeah. So, what was your question, Holt, to JB? <laughs> uh, yeah, I was just curious if uh, he saw, like, some similarities here and if maybe uh, there could be some similar production from this Missouri offense as there was. The, I know that Tennessee offense had a good year that year, and it was more the defensive struggles that, that cost him in his time at Tennessee. So, yeah, I think it's, this offense is was uh, Jim Chaney's offense, and I think that's the kind of offense that uh, Derek Dooley is going to emulate. So this Missouri offense is going to look very similar to the uh, Georgia offense. It's going to be a pro-style offense uh, with a little bit of a spread element mixed in. Uh, it's going to be a, use a lot of uh, play action or a lot of running to uh, set up the play action. I'm expecting to see a lot of that. And uh, I think we're going to see Drew Locke uh, be given a little bit more free reign, I think, uh, 
just because you know how how good he is with the offense, and that was one of the main reasons he came back this year is because he was told he was going to be using more of a pro style offense, and that was going to help him polish his game up uh, to help his draft stock going into the NFL draft next year. And the yep. one thing I that can go ahead. I was going to say, one thing that does concern me about Derek Gilly, and I've said this on many other podcasts, is that he has never once been an offensive coordinator, and he has never called plays in his life. And to be a play caller, we know that's an art in the game of football. So uh, that does concern me a little bit. Let, let me um, let me talk to you about this real quick, JB, because um, people people are, all have mentioned this concern before about Derek Dooley being the offensive coordinator of Missouri. He's going to ruin their offense and Drew Locke. But, you know, whenever he was a coach at Tennessee, um, they never had a problem scoring. Their, their offense was always great. They just had a problem stopping people. So – and now that you're saying that he never called plays, so what was he doing then if it wasn't his offense? Because I don't understand that. It wasn't his offense. Uh, it was Jim Cheney that was the uh, play caller and the offensive coordinator all those three years that he was there. Yeah, that's kind of confusing. So, but uh, you would think something something rubbed off of him, right? So like he maybe maybe learned something from that. I mean, I guess you could say maybe learned something, but that's why it just made me made my head scratch. I mean. Barry Odom hires Derek Gilly. Okay, he's been a head coach, so maybe he can just be an offensive coordinator. It's not that much of a downgrade, right? But no, like he's never once called plays in his life. So I would have, I would have hired someone. You know, it, at least if it was hiring a pro style offensive coordinator, I would have hired someone that at least has experience calling plays at a high level. Yeah, that's what I mean. I, I would definitely, and I think Holt would agree with you too. I, I just don't understand why they did hire Derek Gilly. I think there was a lot better. Candidates yeah. him to be the offensive coordinator, but I mean they they're here. I now. mean, That's... yeah, I mean I, I don't think it's uh, as big of a deal as uh, JB does. I think um, this offense is kind of already set, and with Drew Lock running it, I think it's going to be fine. Um, a lot of times the quarterback will check the play at the last scrimmage anyway, so you know even if <laughs> I mean even if Derek Dooley's making bad calls, I mean he can still change it at the line of scrimmage. So I mean it's. Uh, just so you're saying, he's going to have a lot of free reign over the offense this year. He's a senior quarterback. He's played, I'm pretty sure, all four years he's been there. I think he played a little bit as a freshman, um, and then this is his third year being the full-time starter, I believe. But uh, So he pretty much knows what he's doing out there, and uh, I don't think Derek Dooley can do too much to screw this up. Um, and But, you know, part of the uh, – I do want to say real quick, just uh, talk about uh, I can't ever say his name right, but Josh uh, Hupel or whatever was the uh, offense coordinator Heupel. last year. Yeah, Hypel was offense coordinator last Central year. Florida. Central Florida. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He uh, took the head coach job at Central Florida. Um, you know, maybe he was he was definitely part of the reason why the Missouri offense has been doing so well. So, you know, we'll see how much they miss him. But just like I'm saying, I feel like when you return a senior quarterback – and uh, some good playmakers that, you know, you're going to be all right. I don't think it's going to be too big of a deal this year. Maybe after this year is when you start to see uh, if Derek Dooley really knows what he's doing or not. Uh, so, uh, JB, real quick, this is one of the questions I was going to ask originally. Um, you had – after after Fulmer, you had Derek Dooley and then, uh, then Butch Jones. Um, but you said you'd rather have Butch Jones as the, as the head coach because at least he could recruit. Um, <laughs> what I'll ask is – who would you be more excited or just like, yeah, I guess excited or um, interested to hear address the media out of Derek Dooley and Butch Jones do both different, different ways of addressing the media. Um, I think both are very interesting to listen to 
and not in a good way, too. Uh, Mitch Jones was not interested to listen to at all. He was very dry. But Derek Dooley brings a lot of personality. Uh, he would say a lot of times what was on his mind. He would say a lot of stupid shit. I mean, he always talked about shower discipline. Uh, he talked about uh, his team being like the Germans in World War II, as in his team being unprepared, and he referred himself as Rommel. And that was not really that was not really a smart move either when he did that. Tennessee yeah, coaches always doing dumb stuff. I just don't get it. I, I wish I don't know where you were, but I wish they bring back Lane Kiffin. We'll, we'll get on another topic. That'll be another podcast topic. But I, I want Lane Kiffin back in the SEC. I hope. He can go back to LSU. I think that's his best chance because we, we don't think Coach O is going to survive. And even even Feinbaum mentioned today that um, Coach O is like on the hot seat, which I think he could have mentioned a lot of other te- guys before him because it wasn't on SEC Network, it was on ESPN. So I think he could have mentioned like Lovey Smith or somebody like that. But nevertheless, getting back to Missouri football, um, yeah. So I, we'll we'll have to see how the offense plays out. But I don't. I I kind of agree with Hole. I think Drew Locke is just going to take over, and um, I think. Derek Dooley is not going to have as much of a impact or effect on hurting their offense like some people might be thinking. At least not this year. Yeah. Um, so, they also will mention, and <laughs> I can't pronounce his last name because I, I, I still get pronounced his last name, but they have the, the tight end, um, Albert. We'll just call him Albert O because I don't know how to pronounce his last name, but he's he was also a first-team All-SEC offense. Um, which is funny because even even Tua now at Alabama, I don't pronounce his last name. I just call him Tua, which is nice because Tua is his only name. Right? Everybody recognizes, but Alberts. Uh, there's a lot of more Alberts, so it's kind of hard to to say Albert and like, oh, it's a tight end that Drew Locke's going to throw to. Right, but uh, Emmanuel Hall is a receiver. Yeah, yeah. He averaged so, uh, close to 25 yards a catch last year, so he's definitely a big play receiver. Um, I think that's the main guy Locke's going to be looking to. Um, to get those big plays this year, I think I'm I, I'm kind of torn who I like in SEC better between Drew Locke and Jared Stenham. Um, people like obviously Tua and Jake Fromm a lot too, but I think I like for for college I probably like Drew Locke a little bit more. Um, I don't know about NFL, but um, we we talk about how much we like Drew Locke, especially hold um, hold. What do you think? Drew Locke has to do, or Missouri has to do as a team, for Drew Locke to be in serious consideration for the Heisman. Yeah, well, I mean, first of all, I just want to say, like, I kind of hate, like, the Heisman Trophy. Um, I just think it's kind of like a... I mean, they don't really have it, like, clearly defined. Um, They say it's supposed to be the most outstanding player, but it never really is. It's usually, like, the best player, the best offensive player on, like, a playoff team. Or like on a, a championship team. Yeah, yeah. Also, so, I, mean, um, I just don't really like – all right, go ahead. All right, I also think that um, there's kind of like a Heisman curse if you win the Heisman as a quarterback. I just don't – I'm trying to think of like the last really good Heisman quarterback that had a good NFL career too because I think of like Jason White and um, who was it, Crouch that won it over Peyton Manning, right, JB? Uh, Charles uh, Woodson. RG3. Yeah. RG3 won it, and he doesn't have a good NFL curse. So I just think there's kind of like a curse with uh, winning the Heisman as a quarterback. But, um, and Vince, not Vince Young, Matt Liner won it, but even Vince Young won, that would have been bad too because he yeah. didn't turn out great either. But that's what Tebow. I was say. So, Tebow, yeah, which we, we all knew Tebow wasn't going to be a good quarterback. Oh, I don't know. We, we, had, we had hopes. Um, but go ahead, hold. Sorry. Oh, no, you're good. Um, I was just going to say um, we're talking about – like what? What, what does Missouri? Do? Yeah, what does Missouri have to do for uh, 
Drew Luck to win the Heisman. I mean, to me, they have to be – I think they're going to have to get to nine wins at least. I think they're going to have to be at least nine and three. Um, I just don't see a scenario where they don't finish at least nine and three where he uh, is in contention. Because just like I said, the people care too much about whether your team's winning or not. Um, yeah. You know, and that's not always going to be under his control. He could play – he could have a great season – and Missouri could still, you know, go eight and four. But uh, I think they're going to have to get to nine, ten wins for him to get serious consideration. And I think they're going to have to win either against Georgia or Alabama to kind of have like that big, like signature win uh, to yeah. really get, you know, the hype train rolling. Um, and plus, I always think it's tough for uh, guys who have like uh, a lot of hype going into the season. Uh, I feel like a lot of times the Heisman Trophy winner is someone who comes out of nowhere because, like, no one was expecting like, anything. Like, Francis Lamar Jackson had that. Yeah. Like, because they – what they do is, like, they hype up certain players and then uh, they just try to tear you – they spend the whole year just, like, trying to tear you down. You know what I mean? Like, because you have to yeah. live up to a standard that's just, like, not really fair. And then these other players that no one thought was going to be any good kind of pop up out of nowhere and get a lot of the hype. So – you know, also, well, we'll see. I think they just – I think it will also help a lot if they finish the season strong. Um, you know, at Tennessee versus Arkansas, there should be, like, some pretty winnable games. And, uh, you know, so like I said, they can get to 9-10 wins and he has a, a big season. Maybe they pull an upset against Georgia or Alabama. Then, you know, I really like uh, his odds there. I also don't think that um, – you're talking about people that are hyped up before the season starts for Heisman. I really don't think enough people are talking about Drew Locke, which is why we kind of make a joke about we need to hype him up some more because it's it's kind of amazing that he's not being hyped up more. So it's, it's a good thing for him because, I mean, I'd rather not be hyped up too much personally just because there's lower, lower expectations. But, I mean, he had 44 touchdowns last year. I think that was the most in SEC history for one season. And nobody's really seriously talking about him as a Heisman um, favorite or anything like that. So I, I think – that is a positive for him, but I'm also very upset that people aren't talking about him for Heisman. People are talking about the SEC like being one of the best quarterbacks, but people still people still like Tua over him, even though Tua's played like what I got one half and a couple other um, garbage time games, garbage time minutes and games. Yeah, I, I don't so, know. I just I don't understand that at all. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, before we get into the schedule, I'll ask first of all, do you have anything else you want to mention? about Missouri that we haven't mentioned yet? No? Nope. All right, going once. I don't think so. Twice. <laughs> they do. I'll, I'll say this. They do have a um, first-team All-SEC punter in Corey Fatani or Fatney, depending on your if you're French or American. <laughs> but um, that's not the, not the game changer that they need. Um, but he's a good punter, I guess, so that's something. But um, before we get into the schedule, um, I don't think uh, Missouri's going to be punting a lot, so yeah, probably not going to see the field a ton. I don't. I mean, they'd be fun to play with in um, in Bay football if they still had the game out. I would, and also I never, I never punt or kick field goals. I just, I'd go for it. So I'd always go for it with them. Yeah, but Alex, you never want to play with uh, you know pocket passing quarterbacks. So I don't think you want to play with Missouri. Yeah, but I mean, you're right. But I mean, sometimes, sometimes pocket passing quarterback, like in Madden, Tom Brady's fun to play with, and Aaron Rodgers can run a little bit, so he doesn't count as much. But Tom Brady's fun to play with in um, Madden. But Missouri football. Um, so before we um, get to the schedule, favorite part of the show, um, we'll ask JV, 
What is you've been to St. Louis, right? I have been. Tell me about St. Louis food, and if you've been and have a favorite restaurant, tell me that. Yeah, St. Louis is. Uh, of course, they're known for their St. Louis ribs. Uh, Pappy's Smokehouse is a very popular joint. Uh, the ribs aren't bad. It's definitely a little uh, different. Uh, it's kind of like a little wet texture to them. Um, but the ma- the best place to go to in uh, St. Louis is the Hill. It's an Italian neighborhood. Uh, it's also uh, where the home of Yogi Berra, where he was raised. Uh, I've been the best Italian restaurant I've ever been to uh, was in the as over at the Hill. It was a uh, Mama Campisi's, and it's just a little uh, hole in the wall uh, on the corner in the Hill neighborhood. And it's I, don't, I forgot what the street names were. Uh, this was a uh, ma- long time ago. I was always trying. But to I remember. But I just I, the reason I was up there is I was up there for a uh, Cardinals Braves series, and it was it was it was really really good. It was some of the best Italian food I've ever had in my life. I've ever having the uh, toasted ravioli. That's apparently where the toasted ravioli was invented. Was at uh, Mama Campisi's, and it was outstanding. Also had uh, the lasagna. It was a fi- uh, five layer lasagna, really really good. And one day I hope to make it back there. Yeah. Um... It's it's kind of funny because when you talk about barbecue, uh, you do have the St. Louis ribs that they're known for. But you talk about barbecue, everybody mentions Kansas City, but nobody mentions St. Louis. And I think St. Louis is well known, or should be a little bit more well known for their barbecue um, than they are. So um, I haven't, yeah, personally tried. I would say, say, I would think St. Louis may arguably have the best Italian neighborhood district, you know, at least for Italian food in the country. Yeah, I do like Italian food. It just gets a little pricey. <laughs> yeah, they have a big Italian population there. Okay, okay. Um, Holt, do you remember the last time you were in St. Louis, or have you been to St. Louis? Um, I was, last time I went to St. Louis, I was like 11 years old. Uh, same thing as JB. I went for a Cardinals Braves series. Um, didn't really do it too lot. I'm gonna call you out, Holt, because it's a lie. Because you were there with me on a. Baseball no, trip, I wasn't. Right? We've had this you conversation weren't? before. I was not on the same team as you that year. That was like the one year we didn't play together. Oh dang! So we just we played we played Hummer Derby that year in the Cove. That's it. Yeah, no. I no, was probably playing game. for I was probably playing for another team that year. Dang, you got picked up. <laughs> Moving on to the big leagues. So my bad. Sorry. Um, for us <laughs> little guys, we went, we went to St. Louis. Um, and we went to Six Flags. And I think uh, I think our our team. Were you on the team with me that one year that went to Biloxi? Yeah, yeah, go for it. Okay, never mind. So I don't remember wh- where what the fun place I went to that year was. Probably it was I probably swear, like New Albany. I swear you were over there. I swear you were there. I was, yeah, because I, I, we've had this conversation before, and you're like convinced that I was there, but I'm telling you, I was not. <laughs> Sorry, it was a dream. It was a dream. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, I, it was yeah. St. Louis is is cool. It seems like uh, a lot of fun. It's kind of like a maybe like a bigger, nicer version of Memphis where we grew up. Um, as a as a Cubs fan, do you actually hate the Cardinals, or is it like even that big of a rivalry? Yeah, no, I, I I hate the Cardinals. Like, I mean, I I mean, I wouldn't even consider myself a Cubs fan. Like, I I do like the Cubs. They're like my second favorite team. I'm actually a Braves fan. Um, and uh, but I, I do like the Cubs just because I lived in Chicago and I lived right next to Wrigley Field for a little while. But uh, yeah, I definitely hate the Cardinals. I always remember the uh, outfield fly rule game. Uh, in the wild card game that one year where, uh, you know, the Cardinals had to pay the umpires to win in the game for them. So, uh, uh, but Braves fans are still butthurt over that one because even if that ball dropped, I mean, there was still one out and two men on and 
three run lead for the Cardinals. So there's no guarantee the Braves would yeah, even yeah, JB, tied the series. JB, you can stop talking now, okay? I know you guys paid <laughs> the umpires so you could win the game. It's fine. They probably probably gave him some good Italian food, right, JB? Well, we'll see what happens this year because the way the Cardinals are playing, they're going to surpass the Braves and they probably will uh, yeah. end up hosting the Braves in the wild card. Well, unless the Braves win the division, which they probably will. But yeah, pay attention to this. It might be a little more fun. Pay attention to the standings, JB. The Braves are three games in first place right now. They are three games in first place, but the way the Cardinals are surging right now, they're probably going to surpass the Cubs if they keep this pace. Yeah, they probably won't, but that's okay. I don't know. They will. Look. <laughs> JB, who's who's on Card- first base? JB, the Cardinals are terrible. Get over it. <laughs> oh, there goes all of our Missouri fan listeners. They, they just turned off. Thanks, Holt. They're the hottest team in baseball, Holt. All right, so. Take, off your, take off your glasses. I'll referee this conversation. I actually am wearing glasses right now. <laughs> let's uh, let's talk about Missouri football some more. Um, uh, okay, I can't so believe that like you guys just sit here and talk about uh, St. Louis food forever and don't even bring up like Kansas City barbecue. That's supposed to be like the best like in the world. I mean, we're from Memphis. I don't know so why I don't think I don't, it, but... I don't think of Kansas City as like part of Missouri football. I think of St. Louis, but I, I guess because I, mean, I know this is too bad. I just think of, I always think of Kansas City, Kansas, even though it's really Kansas City, Missouri. There's two, but people, when you say Kansas City, people, I'm sure, assume Missouri then over Kansas. But yeah, Kansas City barbecue is probably my second favorite style of barbecue. Um, I don't know. I like Carolina barbecue too a lot, but um, I don't know. They still have a KC Masterpiece actual barbecue restaurant. JB? Uh, I couldn't tell you. Dang, JB, you're disappointing me. They do. I'm pretty sure that's the barbecue sauce they use on the Lay's chips. Is KC masterpiece, but maybe I don't know. Maybe I'm just talking on my ass. I don't know. <laughs> I think me and me and Hold had some KC masterpiece when we were in St. Louis together, play baseball together. Yeah, I don't think I was there. All right. Um. Yeah. So KC masterpiece, or excuse me, Kansas City barbecue. Um. Second best barbecue in the world behind Memphis. Uh, that's that's all I can say on that. So, are you satisfied, Holt? Sure. Right. I mean, I just feel like we should give him a shout out, like because I, I don't think anyone uh, in the world would talk about St. Louis food before Kansas City food, and I, I feel like all of our Missouri people listening will back me up on that. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Thanks, I mean, Kansas City's that. Kansas City is definitely known for its barbecue, but I think we're just talking about St. Louis because Missouri or Columbia is only like an hour and a half from St. Louis. That's so about almost three hours from uh, Kansas City, so it's more of a home base, I guess, for Columbia to be to St. Yeah, Louis than it is to Kansas City. Kansas City, they all like <laughs> Jayhawks football. Mm. Yeah, Kansas City is only like it's only like less than an hour from Lawrence, so that's more of that. From where? That's more of a Kansas. From Lawrence, Kansas, what? it's more of a Kansas town, Kansas City, and then St. Louis is more of a Missouri town. Uh, I'm sure somebody will like, call us out on this today and listen to us. Dude, but I anyway. hope someone does because I'm pretty sure I'm right. <laughs> um, Holt, tell me your favorite player of, in Missouri, at Missouri, all time. Um, Man, that's a really tough question. Um, Why do you always get surprised every time I ask it? <laughs> because I, like, I haven't thought about it like at all, honestly. Okay. <laughs> JB's got his right um, now. JB, go ahead, go ahead and mention yours and we'll give us time Holt to think. Uh, I liked um, uh, Chase Daniel back in the mid or late two thousands. He was a really solid quarterback. Uh, those teams were really fun to watch. Uh, those are very high- lots of high powered offenses. That was what was Gary Pinkle's signature was that his high powered offenses in the late two thousands. And I remember the team with Chase Daniel. Uh, they ended up having a top five team. Uh, 
played Kansas in a top five matchup that year, which yeah, was weird. rare. And yeah. I think the only time it ever, ever happened. But that, that was probably my favorite player in Missouri history. Uh, he was, uh, Daniel, throw, like, throwing to Jeremy Macklin that year, too. Oh, I forgot about Jeremy Macklin. Good call. Good call. I like Jeremy Macklin a lot. Um, yeah, I like Chase Daniel a lot. He's he's actually created quite the NFL career for himself as a backup, which is kind of kind of funny in itself. But I don't know how he is personally on it. But like, I mean, he's got a good gig. He's not getting CTE, and he's just getting paid like probably five hundred thousand a million dollars a year to be a um, a backup. So I mean, he probably wants to start, but it's um, it's a good gig still for your for your four hundred one k. Holt, have you had time to think? Um, yeah, I'm gonna go with uh, Michael Sam. Okay. Yeah, he he was good. He didn't. I mean, he didn't have quite the NFL career. I didn't know. I, that's what kind of surprised. Yeah. Well, me we're talking about college, Alex. We're not talking about NFL. Correct. But I still want to comment on this because I don't understand. And you know, people say that like it was because he discriminated against because he came out as being gay. No, but I don't, I don't think a lot of people he... are saying that. I, I I feel like like people who like know what they're talking about know that like he just. Like, he was a little bit undersized, and, uh, you know, the NFL, there's a lot of really good defensive linemen in the league. I don't think it was any discrimination at all. I just think, you know, he was just a little bit undersized and maybe not quite as explosive as he needed to be. Here's the point I'm making. Like, usually if you're SEC Defensive Player of the Year, I just don't understand. Like, I feel like you're NFL right if you're SEC Defensive Player of the Year. So, they just kind of surprised me that, like, yeah, he didn't perform well at the Combine, and he didn't look like an NFL player. But I just – I'm surprised how he was so good at Missouri and then – didn't translate to NFL. I don't understand. Well, I mean, he was he was never like a NFL prospect, really. Like, I mean, he was always like a considered like a mid round guy. He, I mean, he was really productive in college, um, just because of the way they play, the way they use their defensive ends. Um, they get in the backfield I, a lot. Like, I just I just think that like I don't know. He he wasn't like one of those dudes like Jadavian Clowney who was like six foot seven and like you yeah. know could do all that stuff i think he was a little bit he was like six two maybe or six three just a little bit like yeah. undersized shorter arms like just not like a projectable like nfl player i um a couple a couple of different guys i like in missouri I'll, I'll mention my favorite but i like i like jeremy macklin a lot and uh, i like shane ray a lot uh, as well he's a pretty good player at missouri he was i think he was defensive player of the year also um at missouri but my favorite player which is kind of surprising but um, I just really, really enjoyed watching um, Doral Green Beckham, DGB. He played for the Titans too. Um, he's never really he got into more trouble than than he was worth, I guess, for the Titans and for even for Missouri because he got kicked off the team, I think. But um, and he did some bad stuff. But he was a really, really good receiver and really tough to cover. And I just I loved watching him play. He was I think he had so much potential as a receiver. It's kind of sad that he didn't he couldn't stay out of trouble and be a great teammate, but he was he was really fun to watch, I think. So, with that being said, we'll get on to the Missouri schedule. Um, Missouri schedule, obviously play the East, like we always talk about. East is going to be a little bit better this year than last year is the hope and thought from pretty much everybody, I think. Um, non-conference, they have some easy games. They play UT Martin, Wyoming, but they didn't have some – some true toss-up games with uh, Purdue going to Purdue and playing Memphis at home, um, which Memphis is Memphis. That's, that's the best barbecue in the world, best team. And they um, that's the homecoming game. It's a big big game for me personally because I'm a Memphis fan, went to Memphis, blah, blah, blah. But um, So it's pretty pretty fun schedule to talk about. So we'll, we'll start this off. 
Um, we'll, we'll start with the first two, two non-conference uh, home games with UT Martin and Wyoming. I think both of these are going to be wins. Um, unless either one of you all want to talk about either UT Martin or Wyoming more, you can. But otherwise, we'll skip on to the next game. No? Easy wins, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, Wyoming did get well, I mean, got their uh, first win last night over uh, New Mexico State, so I'm pretty sure they held on to win that game. I didn't actually see the end of it, so I hope they did hold and on to win since I just said that. Wyoming was where Josh Allen went, right? Yeah, and they looked pretty good without him, so I'm thinking maybe yeah. he was just a system quarterback. <laughs> yes. He's big, though. Everybody likes him. That's what, that's what I don't like about NFL sometimes is they're so obsessed with size and measurables that it's – like you forget yeah. like how good or bad somebody really is. Um, yeah, I feel the same way about girls too. But good. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> like that one. The <laughs> <laughs> yeah. hey, um, Wyoming did win last night, twenty nine to seven against New Mexico State. But uh, we'll say Missouri starts off the year two and zero, and they go to a true toss up game uh, going to Purdue. Um, I think Purdue's got this one because I think Purdue's on the up- upswing here. So Jeff Baum, his second year, had a pretty good year last year, went seven and six. So I think I think um, Purdue's going to win this game, being at Purdue. Um, I'll let Holt talk about Jeff Baum and Purdue. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of Jeff Baum, and uh, these two teams did play last year at Missouri, and Purdue won very easily. This is probably uh, it was thirty five to three. This is when the hot seat really started to heat up for Barry Odom, and I think uh, a lot of people are kind of surprised that he made it through this. But, uh, you know, I don't think that this year, this game last year was an accurate reflection of Missouri. Um, I think they're a much better team than that. And I think they're – as much as I like Jeff Brom and I think he's going to do good things at Purdue, I think Missouri just – they got the talent advantage in this game, and I think they're going to be out to prove something after what happened last year. And um, after – just like we said, the second half last year, Missouri really turned it around. And part of that was due to the schedule, but part of it was due to – them just growing and getting better as a team. And uh, I like Missouri to get some revenge in Purdue. I think this is going to be a great game, really under-the-radar matchup. But uh, this is a game that, you know, should be a lot of fun, but I expect Missouri to come out with a win. Nice, nice. I didn't expect that one because I know you do love Jeff Brom a lot. So kind of surprised me, but I respect opinion. JB, what do you think? Uh, this is actually a really interesting game. I, I'm I'm a big fan of Jeff Brom too. I think he's uh, got Purdue going in the right direction, and the Jeff Brom will be a major head coaching candidate somewhere. If it's not at the end of this season, it will be at the end of next, the following season. Uh, you just saw the drastic improvement. I mean, he took that team that I think they had only won two or three game won two or three games the year before, and took them to a six and six record last year, and then won the bowl game. So. Took him to a bowl in his first season. That was really impressive, considering the talent level he had at Purdue. And the, it's at home, so I, it's very intriguing for me to want to pick Purdue. But Missouri does have more talent. I really, I think their offense is going to be able to uh, put up enough points, and I think Missouri's defense is going to be able to make plenty of stops against the Purdue offense. Even though Purdue's offense is not going to be bad, I, th- I do think Missouri's offense is going to be able to contain it enough, and I think Missouri's offense is going to be able to. Uh, or Missouri's defense is going to be able to contain enough, and Missouri's offense will be able to uh, score plenty of points. So I like Missouri in this one. I really hope Missouri does win this game, and I don't know if their fans have adapted enough to the SEC, but I I would hope they win the game and 
chant SEC after the game like everybody else in the SEC does. Um, it'd be fun. It'd be fun to do at, in Big Ten, at a Big Ten conference, because we hate probably the Big Ten the most. Um, but, all right, so predicting Missouri as a whole to go 3-0, taking on Georgia at home at Missouri. So um, a little bit easier for them to be at home. But I think, I think it's going to be an easy one for Georgia. I'll let um, JB talk about this one first, and then Holt, you can go ahead. Yeah, this game is going to be uh, really intriguing at this point because uh, both teams are going to be 3-0. Uh, this might be the CBS game at this point. Uh, this is going to be a chance for uh, Missouri to make a statement. Uh, well, actually, I don't know if they will be. Both teams will be undefeated. There's a chance that Georgia might be might have one loss. I think actually had Georgia losing a game. So let's check that. I think Georgia will be 2-1, and one, Missouri will be 3-0. and oh. So at this point, Georgia is going to be uh, kind of the backs against the wall. In, in my scenario, and this is going to be a must win for them, but it's also going to be a golden opportunity for Missouri to make a statement against a high quality program. And of course, like Holt mentioned earlier, it's a chance for Drew Locke to uh, cement himself as a Heisman candidate. Uh, but I am going to go with Georgia. Georgia's defense is just way too good. I think it's going to be able to, uh, even though I know it's early in the season, I do think they're going to make enough stops even. And I think it's going to be a high-scoring game, but I'm giving the edge just because of Georgia's defense being just a little bit better than Missouri's defense at this point in the season. And I think it's going to be a close one. But I got uh, Georgia winning down the stretch in a close one. Holt, do you think Drew Locke can throw four touchdowns on Georgia's good defense? Um, Four, I don't know. Three is more like what I was thinking. Um, I think – Georgia's got two tough road games uh, in the first four weeks of the season at South Carolina and at Missouri. Uh, I do think that they're going to lose one of those two games. Um, Georgia loses a lot on the defensive side of the ball. They lose Sonny Michelle, Nick Chubb, and everyone's just acting like they're just going to, like they're just going to be like Alabama and just like reload and be awesome again this year. Um, I mean, maybe they will. They definitely have a lot of talent on their team, but I think. Uh, you know, just a little bit of inexperience uh, going on the road against uh, offense that has had a lot of success against them in the last couple of years. Um, you know, the last time Georgia went up to Missouri was they needed a last second touchdown to win. Um, I think this is a game that Missouri really wants. This is a game they feel like they can compete in. I don't think they're going to be afraid of Georgia at all after the games they played the last couple of years. It was a really close in the first half last year. You know, just like I said, really close game two years ago, and then a really close game three years ago down in Georgia, a really low-scoring, ugly game. But they've been really close to being Georgia the last few years, and I think they're finally going to break through and do it at home this year and uh, get that big upset. Uh, this is when everyone's going to start talking about Missouri and Drew Locke uh, for the Heisman, and uh, Missouri's going to have a chance to have a game up on Georgia in the East. Sadly, we are going to override – your upset special here with me and JB picking. Sorry, Georgia. you guys can uh, apologize to me later. Well, we'll eat a bucket of KFC chicken if if Missouri no, beats. No, I'll, I'll eat a bucket of KFC chicken. No, <laughs> no, no. JB's JB's gonna <laughs> JB's going to Waffle House. Okay. Yeah, I guess oh, JB. JB, JB I think JB Loki actually likes KFC. That's what I was gonna say. It sounds like he was doing that. I don't. Year. I don't like. Yeah, you know, KFC's not my favorite, but I'll definitely eat a bucket of KFC like without any issues. But uh, Waffle House, like you have to drag my ass in there. That's horrible. Are you are you eating uh, a bucket of KFC chicken right now, JB? 
It is Sunday, but no. <laughs> All right. So, three and one. Missouri going to Williams Bryce to take on South Carolina. South Carolina, what, JB? What's her, what's her nickname? Game Cox. JB, what's her nickname? Game Cox. JB? Game Cox. Holt, what's her nickname? Uh, the Game Cox. Is this a, a game? I'm, I'm confused right now. You are well, <laughs> their name, yes, is Gamecocks, but if you're if Go Cox, yes, thank you, JB. If JB's saying them, he says Cox like five times when he talk about South Carolina for no reason, too. <laughs> Go Cox. Cox, Go Cox. All right, so Missouri going to South Carolina. Um, my prediction, uh, South Carolina is going to be hard to beat at home, and South Carolina is probably going to have a maybe one loss, I think, at this point, and they're going to be um, fired up. For Will, with Will Muschamp coaching the defense, pretty much, I think. Uh, so I just think South Carolina's gonna win this game. Uh, Holt, um, yeah, just we did the South Carolina preview yesterday and uh, pit Missouri to win this game to go on the road and get the win. Um, you know, I'm just not sold on Will Muschamp at all. I think uh, they have some pieces on offense, Jake Bentley, Debo Samuel, but uh, I just don't like Will Muschamp as offensive coach at all. Um, I think South Carolina's defense is going to do enough to slow down Missouri um, to to keep this kind of a close game, but I just don't trust uh, that South Carolina offense in the fourth quarter the same way I do the Missouri offense. Uh, I think one of these teams is going to have to make a big drive at the end, and I feel way more confident in Missouri doing that than I do South Carolina. So uh, I'm going to go with Missouri in this game in a close one. Not only are you firmly – with two hands on Drew Locke's penis, you're also on the entire Missouri program. You have like your hands on their entire, I guess their collective penis. Is that what I'm trying to say? Um, Cause you have, them know. you have them undefeated right now. I think beating Georgia and South Carolina. So I didn't know you were a low key Missouri fan, but yeah, well, I'm also, I'm also low key just anti uh, South Carolina this year. I think they're just way overrated. And I think Georgia is a little bit overrated, too. I don't think Georgia is bad. Um, I think South Carolina is average, and I think Georgia is just good. Um, I, I can, think, I can uh, agree with you. I don't think – I think both of those teams are being very overrated. I think Missouri is the uh, kind of the team everyone should be hyping in the East, in my opinion, even though they're actually, yeah. like, really far west. But that's, like, another story. Yeah, I'll agree with you about Georgia. I think they are a little bit overhyped, but um, I think South Carolina is going to be good this year too. Though, so I, I disagree with you there. JB, what do you think? Um, I'm the preview for South Carolina, and I'm going to stick with him. I think uh, this game being at home at Williams Bryce uh, with the raucous crowd, uh, both of these teams are going to be. It almost feels like you know the winner of this game is going to have the chance to uh, you know compete for second in the East uh, along with Florida. Yeah, it's pretty much those three teams that are going to be in contention for second place. I'm going to go with South Carolina. South Carolina's defense is, you know, it's definitely a lot better than Missouri's defense. I think they're going to be able to make enough stops on Missouri's offense. And I think South Carolina, uh, the way they'll be able to manage this game pretty well and keep Missouri's offense off the field. I'm going to go with South Carolina in a low-scoring game. So, that's... Two losses to one, so that's a loss for Missouri. Three and two, and let's just keep this one short because I don't think there's too much to talk about going to Alabama to play Alabama. I think this is a bad matchup for Missouri because Alabama kind of 
feast on pocket passing quarterbacks. So uh, I just think it's going to be an easy one for Alabama at home. So let's keep this one short, uh, Holt. Yeah, you know, I would, in my scenario, I still have Missouri undefeated. So this would definitely be like a really hyped game if that were the case. Um, so we'll have to kind of wait and see. I don't necessarily put uh, Drew Locke in that same category that you're talking about, like pocket passers. Like, I do think he is a pocket passer, but they're more of like a spread, like downfield throwing offense. It isn't like a regular pro style, like play action type offense. This is going to be like a spread out um, offense with some good receivers who can go up and make plays um, and man-to-man coverage, which is what they're going to need to do against Alabama. Um, but yeah, I think uh, to me, I'm just a little bit more worried about Missouri's defense in this game. Um, I, I do think they'll be able to put up some points on the offensive side of the ball, but I think they're really going to struggle to slow down Alabama in their r- rushing attack. Um, I think this has a chance to be actually a really exciting game. Uh, I give Missouri like a fighter chance in this game, maybe a, a little bit more than you guys do, but still I, it's hard for me to pick against Alabama Nick Saban, especially at home. <laughs> Tabby. If this game was in Columbia, I would give Missouri a fighting chance. But because this game is uh, and it's, it's Nick Saban, and we know how good they are, uh, I'm going to go with Alabama. I think they win this one big. Uh, Saban knows how to scheme against these kind of teams. and uh, It's not like I don't think Drew Locke's going to not be able to score. I think they're going to be able to score some. But Alabama's just going to be able to control the line of scrimmage and the time of possession, and especially at this being at home. I just can't really – Give Missouri much of a chance. I'm going to go with Alabama comfortably by a few scores. I think it's just it's just so depressing when you have to play Alabama because like your your hopes are pretty high until then you get to Alabama and then you lose by like 40 points and can't can't cross the 50 yard line. They but, break a lot of teams, man. They break they, a lot of teams. They do. Uh, so my most excited. So that's three three and three now. So they won three games and now they lost three games. So we're at 500. Um, taken on the Tigers of Memphis, Tennessee. So they're Battle of the Tigers, I guess, if you will. Yeah, this is Battle of the Tigers, and it's also homecoming for Missouri. Homecoming. And um, Barry Odom was the defensive coordinator at Memphis before he left Missouri. Um, So maybe a little revenge game for Memphis. Uh, So I'll I'll talk about this a little bit more, and I'll let y'all talk. Um, Actually, I'm kind of interested to hear hear what y'all have to say about this. But I think think Missouri's going to win this game. Uh, This is going to be two high-powered offenses. Uh, Missouri, you know what you're getting with Drew Locke coming back as a senior. And Memphis, you're, you know Mike Norbell is a good offensive mind, good offensive coordinator, good head coach. Um, but we don't know enough about the quarterback situation at this point. They um, just lost Riley Ferguson, um, graduated, and now they have – they just named Brady White the head uh, – the starting quarterback. He was a grad transfer from Arizona State. And he's actually a pretty, pretty highly recruited. I think he's a four-star. So it's pretty pretty big deal for Memphis to get a four star, but I just don't think I don't think if you compare the two offenses, I think Missouri's offense is better than Memphis's offense and defense. I think Missouri's gonna have way more talent than Memphis's on defense. Although Memphis should be a little bit better this year than last year in defense, but um, I think Missouri has better better offense and their defense is undeniably better. So I just think it's gonna be um, a high scoring game. But I think Missouri will win. Holt, what do you think the over under in this game would be? Do you think it'll be like at 80 points? Like 70-something like probably. I don't know. Um, definitely should be a high-scoring game. Um, just like you were saying, the, the same point I was going to make is we just don't really know about Memphis' quarterback situation. Um, but we feel pretty confident they're going to have a pretty fun offense and they're going to be able to score some points. Uh, really, 
tough out of conference schedule this year for uh, Missouri. There aren't a lot of like elite teams on there, but like you know, you look at Memphis and taking a road trip to Purdue. Those are two you know pretty tough games. But uh, I, I like Missouri to get the win here in a high scoring game. Um, I think it's going to be a little bit closer than Missouri fans probably want it to be. But I think they're going to find a way to get the win in the end. Debbie. Yeah, I, I'm really. I think this game is intriguing. I mean, I, I'm. I love offense, and I love watching offense. <laughs> I love watching two great offenses duke it out. And Memphis last year it was ex- really, really exciting to watch. I think this offense this year is going to be just as exciting. And Missouri's offense, we know how high octane it is as well. So it's going to be a high scoring game. But the difference in this game is that I like Missouri's defense a lot more than Memphis's defense, and it's also at home in Columbia. So I'm going to pick a Missouri in a shootout, but I think Missouri wins by a score of probably like 48 to 38. So four and three Missouri. And uh, for the sake of time, we're going to get one of y'all to comment on Kentucky and one of you comment on Florida here. So we'll do uh, – we'll let JB have Kentucky and we'll have Florida since that's Dan Mullen related. Um, so Missouri plays Kentucky at home after – Beating Memphis, according to SEC Slow Smoked, um, four and three Missouri taking on Kentucky, that team that has trouble winning in the SEC, but Missouri does too. So um, I don't know what I want to do this game. I think I think I actually want to go go to Kentucky, go Kentucky in this game. Um, I don't really know why, so I'll just let y'all explain it. Um, uh, hope, first of all, go ahead and give me your prediction, and then I'll let JB talk about it. Yeah, I, I like Missouri to get the win here, but it uh, I. This is definitely a tribe game for uh, Missouri. Kentucky, Benny Snell can really run the ball. Um, you know, we're not really completely sold on Missouri's defense, so maybe Benny Snell could have a big game. And uh, the strength of Kentucky's team is going to be their secondary. Um, so they may be able to slow down some of those uh, receivers for Missouri and uh, make it tough on Drew Locke. JB? Yeah, at this point of the season, uh, I think Kentucky's going to be kind of reeling at this point. Uh, Missouri's going to have a chance to build some momentum after their uh, win against Memphis on homecoming. I'm going with Missouri in this one. I like Missouri's defensive line. Uh, it's, their defensive lines are going to be pretty decent this year. And I know that Kentucky, uh, they have a great running back in Benny Snell, but I think a defensive line is going to be able to make, you know, contain Benny Snell enough uh, in this Kentucky attack that I, I'm going to go with uh, Missouri. I think Missouri obviously is going to be, be able to score some points, even against this really uh, uh, underrated Kentucky secondary. I'm going to go with Missouri, probably about score like 31-17. Okay, so now five and three Missouri goes to Gainesville to play Florida. Um, I think it's just hard to win in the swamp. Uh, I think this end of the year, so Demon's team kind of developed towards the end of the year. So I think this is going to be um, not an easy win, but I think Florida will win this by more than one touchdown. Um, JB, can you give me your prediction pretty short, and I'll let Holt elaborate on it. I'm going to go with Florida in this one. Okay, Holt. Yeah, you know, this uh, This is another really intriguing game. Um, you know, Dan Mullen does a good job of uh, make, taking struggling quarterbacks and turning them into at least decent quarterbacks. So I do expect Felipe Franks to be at least all right this year. I think he's going to be the starter. I don't think uh, the freshman, John Emery, is going to play this year. Um, but, uh, you know, I, this is a really tough game to call. Um, Dan Mullen usually does pretty good against uh, – these types of defenses. So, uh, but one, one thing to look for in this game is uh, Todd Grantham, defense coordinator for Florida, is really aggressive. He's going to come after Drew Locke. 
um, with a lot of a lot of blitzes. They're going to try to hit them and make them uncomfortable. Um, but at the same time, he's going to open up some big plays in the back end. Uh, and I think Drew Locke and this offense are capable of hitting on some of those big plays. And uh, I like Missouri to, uh, you know, just like I said, hit a couple of those big plays. And I think Emmanuel Hall is going to have a big game in this one. And I like Missouri to get the win. But I guess I could really see this going either way. It's just Missouri's got to hit those big plays um, when Florida comes with the pressure because you know it's coming. You are so far on Missouri's nuts. It is unbelievable. Um, I think you – what do you have, Mike, losing one game this year? It's Alabama. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Oh well. I mean, hey, maybe maybe they'll be right. They when they. Sorry. Right. I'm just I'm just trying to make up for the fact that I hate the Cardinals so much. <laughs> the um the year they went to the SEC championship, I don't think they were supposed to be that. I know Auburn got to that. The one that I know the year they played Alabama in the SEC championship, they weren't supposed to get the SEC championship. And then the year that they played Auburn, I think they were supposed to be good, but I don't think they were supposed to be that good. No, one in that year, that 2013 season, the year they played Auburn, they were uh, they kind of came out of nowhere because that previous year they went four and eight in 2012 and and they were just everyone was just hoping they would make a bowl that following season then they surprised everybody and went 11 and 1 just like auburn the previous year went three and nine that was the year of surprises with uh, missouri and auburn playing each other in SEC championship also it's kind of fun i I hope i mean i like alabama but i kind of hope we can see some other teams SEC championship i'm kind of tired of seeing alabama just being the SEC championship that won it every year although last year i guess they weren't but um they still won the national championship though yeah even without winning the SEC. Yeah. So, um, we're going to pick Florida to win that game. So, I think they're now 5-4 and four, taking on Vanderbilt at home. Let's, let's keep this one kind of short because I think we all agree that Missouri's going to win this one. So, let's keep this one kind of short. Uh, start with JB. Yeah, I like I like uh, Missouri in this one. Uh, I'm not really high on this Vanderbilt team. I think this Vanderbilt team is going to struggle this year. And at this point, uh, I think uh, Derek Mason is going to be on life support. <laughs> and I'm gonna I'm gonna pick uh, Missouri big in this one. Missouri's offense is uh, gonna be too much for that Vanderbilt team. How will Missouri win by more than twenty points? Um, I, I I'm gonna say no. Um, I think it's gonna be maybe a little bit closer of a game. Vanderbilt's coming off a bye. This is probably gonna be the last chance for Derry Mason to to make some noise. Uh, Missouri's gonna be coming off a big win at Florida, so uh, I think there's some little like sneaky. Close game here. I don't think Vanderbilt's ever going to be in like in a position to win this game, but I do think they could maybe surprise Missouri just a little bit. But you know, just like I'm saying, I just I don't think they have enough firepower on offense to keep up with Missouri throughout the course of four quarters. So wins. So now they're finally bowl eligible. Six wins, uh, four losses, going to Knoxville to take on Tennessee. I think this is probably a true toss-up game. A lot of people don't like Tennessee this year because there is a lot of turnover of the head coach and then just new team. All together, I think. Um, so I don't, but I think this. I, I don't really know who Tennessee is going to be this year because you don't know enough about Jeremy Pruitt. But I think this is a true toss-up game. Um, since it's at Tennessee, I'll say Tennessee is going to win, and I'll let um, hold a short prediction and let JB elaborate on this. Yeah, I, I think Tennessee is going to be uh, improved this year, but I don't think they're ready to win uh, quite this <laughs> year. Um. And yeah, I mean, I, I just I like Missouri. I just think they're a better team. I don't really like uh, Tennessee's offense too much this year. Um, defensively, they may be pretty good, but I think uh, depth-wise, they're not exactly where they want to be. And uh, this late in the season, I think uh, Missouri's going to be able to to exploit that a little bit. 
JB, we have high-powered offense against um, a def- defensive mastermind <laughs> head coach and Jeremy Pruitt. So you think there's some some balance there that'll bounce each other out? Uh, with this game being at home, and I, I, it definitely gives Tennessee an advantage. <clears throat> but history has shown the previous years that Tennessee's always had injuries to fight. You know, at the end of the season. Granted, they have a new trainer this year and a new coach, so that hopefully they'll be able for them they'll be able to stay healthy. Healthy. Uh, they're too deep is not very deep. Uh, their their starting lineup on their defense is strong, but they don't have a lot of depth. It's all going to hinge on how healthy this team is. If Tennessee is healthy going into this game and and it's pretty much made it through that gauntlet mostly unscathed, I think Tennessee could definitely win this game. But I'm going to actually go with Missouri. I think Missouri's offense is going to be able to uh, put up some points. I don't know if uh, Tennessee's def- Tennessee's offense can be able to keep up with Missouri. And the only reason I'm saying Missouri's going to score less is because I think Tennessee's going to have some injuries on this defense. I mean, it's just it's just it's just going to be expected, especially after the gauntlet they're going to face and not having a lot of depth. Uh, Missouri probably be six and four at this point. Tennessee would be five and five. I'm going to go with Missouri. Uh, this is going to be too much. Seven and four, Missouri taking on Arkansas in a created rivalry game. I'm not sure if the fans really think of it as a rivalry game, but it's a forced rivalry game. So I'm not sure about it, but um, we'll see. Well, I think I think it's going to be uh, it's at Missouri. I think it's going to be an easier win for Missouri than Arkansas because Arkansas just has a completely new team, which had Morris, and kind of like Tennessee, a completely new team, which had Morris, new offense style. Um, Spread, spread, option, spread offense compared to like the ground and pound game of uh, Brett Bielema. So I think it's going to be hard to transition in year one for Chad Moore. So I think Missouri's going to win this game. Um, hold, go ahead. Yeah, I think maybe by this point in the year, they've got some things figured out on the offensive side of the ball and they can maybe put some points in this game. Um, I do think it was a pretty close high scoring game last year as well. So, you know, I, I do think that, you know, although it is a little bit of a force rival, I do think there is a little bit. There, I think both teams really want to win this game, and uh, so I expect it to maybe be a little bit closer. Obviously, I've got Missouri at like ten and one right now, and I think Arkansas at like four and seven. So, you know, obviously this is not going to be a big time matchup, but at the same time, I think Arkansas is going to do a little bit more than people would think uh, to keep this game close. But I like Missouri to get the win. JB, is this a real rivalry game, JB? Uh, it should be a rivalry game. Uh, both of these schools are not very far from each other. They're bordering states. I know you call it a forced rivalry. Uh, it's definitely more of a rivalry in basketball, I'd say. Uh, yeah, of course with the, yeah. The, the Mike Anderson factor. But yeah. there definitely should be more of a rivalry. I think it's a lot of potential, especially with Chad Morris. Uh, I think Chad Morris is going to be able to bring this uh, program back to a little respectability. Uh, but at this, I don't really have a lot of faith in this Arkansas team this year. Uh, the players that they have just don't really mesh with uh, Chad Morris's philosophy. It's going to take a few years for them. And Missouri is going to be, at this point, they're going to be fighting for a really good January bowl. So I'm going to go with uh, Missouri in this one. Uh, that's not the only reason. I think Missouri is just more talented and has more of the pieces in place. January bowl? You mean December bowl? No, January. What's the? What, I'm trying to think. What, what bowl games are in? Are they on January first now? Like, the, new, the, new, the New Year's Day bowls. Yeah, like the New Year's Six. You're not gonna. No, Alex, uh, do you watch college football? Yeah, that's what I'm trying to figure out now. Because you're I'm, you're you're, not, you're, you're, you're drunk, Alex. You're drunk, Alex. Yeah, sorry. Still, still had too much fun last night. My bad. 
All right. So that is eight and four, Missouri. Um, what well, we said a lot, high-powered offense, defense questionable, but um, a little bit more um, balance this year in terms of their schedule. So they hopefully won't like lose five or six games in a row, whatever they lost last year. I think it was five, five games in a row. Um, it's kind of crazy, but they, um, I think they should win more earlier in the year this year and then um, have some tough SEC games uh, with Alabama and Georgia and some true toss-up games with um, Florida – Tennessee, South Carolina, um, but although Jordan Hull did predict Georgia to um, beat Missouri, so or I mean Missouri to beat Georgia, so um, crazy. And I think Hull, do you have them going like ten and two? I'm going eleven and one. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. It I crazy, mean, but... well, so like, I mean, we we do these predictions, and I mean, like, we when we go game by game, you kind of like it, it, it ends up like not coming out right. I don't necessarily think they're eleven and one team. I think they're more like nine and three, ten and two. Uh, yeah. Maybe eight and four if uh, they lose a couple games. You know, I'm I'm looking at the like the obviously the Georgia game is very losable, uh, but it's like South Carolina, Kentucky, Florida. I see those as like all toss up games. Two of those are on the road, um, and just like I was saying, Kentucky is kind of a tougher matchup for Missouri. I think just because of what they do well compared to what Missouri does well. But you know, at the same time, it you know I I really do like Missouri a lot this year, and I think they they're going to be competing with Georgia for the East. And if they get that win, uh, the fourth game of the season, I think they're going to be right there in the in the East standings. You know, a lot of people, um, if you go back and, like, do some uh, research, which I've seen some other people do, I haven't actually done myself. Uh, but uh, when you have a great quarterback, like, your team is going to at least be good. Like, they may not be great, but there aren't a lot of great quarterbacks on bad teams. Like, you just never see it. So, um I think Drew Locke's going to have a big year, and I think because of that, Missouri's going to have a big year. Um, it isn't so much that I lo- love them so much as the team. I, I do think they have uh, some good players, um, but uh, at the same time, I- I'm not really sold on the coach, uh, Barry Odom. Obviously, they're the offense coordinator, head-scratching hire like we talked about. But, uh, you know, I just think Drew Locke really is, like, that much of a difference maker. Uh, he plays the most important position on the field, and I think that Missouri is really going to surprise some people this year. I know everyone's talking about South Carolina, but I really like uh, Missouri a lot more than South Carolina this year because of Drew Locke. And that concludes our last preview podcast in Missouri. Um, we're going to start getting in our groove of doing a uh, two podcasts a week, previewing the games on Thursday, um, the Saturday games on Thursday, and then recapping the games on Saturday games on Sunday or Monday. So looking forward to doing it, and hopefully you all will follow us on Twitter and Instagram and uh, subscribe to us on iTunes at SEC, SEC Slow Smokes. And give Until us a five-star rating, please. Yeah, and send us some free food too, some barbecue. We always enjoy some barbecue. Well, just, um, how are they going to send us free food? Are they going to like put it in like I don't envelope know. That's and what like? I was just trying to figure out. Maybe like they can just send it to like a, a lot drop. They wouldn't. They <clears throat> they wouldn't send us food. They would send us gift cards to get the yeah, food. That's a good point. DM us gift cards. But until <laughs> next time, <laughs> we'll see y'all later.